You're listening to a podcast from Victory. God sees, knows, and looks after His people. Learn more about this through Hagar's story in week three of our series, Awesome God. Today's reading is from the book of Genesis, chapter 16, verses 1 to 16. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace, And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from my mistress Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. And he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of seeing. For she said, Surely here I have seen him who looks after me. Therefore, the well was called Bir Lahairoi. It lies between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar bore Abram a son. And Abram called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. This is the word of the Lord. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us this morning as we continue to look at of our awesome God. That's the title of the series that we are currently going through. I hope that you enjoyed your time of prayer and fasting the previous week. Even Kids Church joined us. Pastor Jed was telling me about that. And I hope that it would spur us up to look forward to the year 2021 and for as we start the next decade of our lives. I pray that the Lord revealed Himself to us and we have heard Him clearly about our direction, our purpose, and enjoying His presence all throughout prayer and fasting week. 
We continue to focus on, as I mentioned, this awesome God. We, the past few weeks, this is a five-week series, and we are now in our third week. The, the past few weeks, we have been zeroing in on the attributes of God, His greatness and His goodness, in hope that as we continue to know who He is, we will continue to apply this in our lives, and we would know how to interact with this awesome God, with this God that we worship, and serve. We are, as we read this, the, the scripture this morning, Kathy read uh, Genesis chapter 16. In order for us to truly appreciate that chapter, we are going to rewind a little bit and look at the chapters prior to this account that we are about to focus on. In chapter 12, Abram was given the call by God, and the promise of God was, was evident in his life. In chapter 12, verse 2, that uh, the, the, the Lord promised him that he will be a great nation. And after that, uh, there were several circumstances that went along the way. There was famine in the land, so Abram and Sarai had to go through Egypt. And theologians are saying this is where they got Hagar, which we will be mentioning in our story later on. And in verse 13, Abraham and Lot separated. And in verse 14, Abram obviously rescues Lot. In verse 15, there was a covenant that was made between God and Abram. And then goes, and then our story starts. Now, mind you, during the moment that the, the promise of God was given to Abram and Sarai. It has now been 10 years that has passed. From Genesis chapter 12 to Genesis chapter 16, there were uh, more or less 10 years of gap. So imagine this with me. If you were given a promise uh, by God, and then 10 years later, you still haven't gotten the, the, the fulfillment to that promise, what kind of feelings would that, uh, would that suggest in our, in our hearts and in our minds? It's probably going to be words that uh, impatience would be there. So uh, words like uh, you want to do something so that you could receive the blessings of God, the promise of God. So this is where Abram and Sarai was in their faith journey. You see, we all have a journey with God. And the, the, as we walk with Him, He reveals Himself to us in a greater measure. Our relationship with God is not the same. Last year, it, I, I hope that it became higher and deeper. I hope that as we interact with God, as we look at stories of how ordinary people like you and I interacted with this holy God, we would better appreciate our own faith journey. And I'd like to go back to that passage of Scripture in chapter 16 of Genesis, verse 1. It says, now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. That is a problematic verse. That's a problematic uh, statement right there. Why? Because in those, in, in, the, in those times, a child, an offspring, was a sign of favor from God, a sign of blessing from the Lord. And the fact that Sarah did not have children or did not have any offspring it means to say that, at least on the surface, that she was not receiving the, the favor from the Lord. How many of you here, as you, soon as you receive God's promise, you are expecting the fulfillment to come right away? How many of you here, however impossible the promises of God, of whatever we're believing God for, we are still holding on and trusting His character, His attribute? 
Sarai and Abram are not different from us. They were waiting for the promises of God. They were waiting for, for the fulfillment of the said offspring given in chapter 12. But to this point, it has now been 10 years. No fulfillment of the promise has come. As we look at this story, there are three things, three mistakes, I believe, that the characters of our narrative committed while they wait on God. You see, the advantage of reading your Bible as you meditate on it and as you read it, you would see the past mistakes of, of our forefathers, the past mistake of, of our, the man of faith, Abram, uh, the, the, and, and his wife, Sarai. And we could learn from it. And we could probably, as we learn, we could also avoid this in our lives. Here are three things that we should avoid while we wait for the promises of God as we see their actions. Number one, Sarai deviated from the promise of God. Okay, as, as I mentioned in verse 1, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. Ten years and still no fulfillment of the promise. Theologians are saying in the times where Abram and Sarai was in Egypt, Sarai was wondering and was probably thinking that the offspring might have come after a year or two or three years from the time that God has given the promise. But in 10 years, he has, she has not received it. So Sarai probably, probably encouraged Abraham to go back to the pathway of the blessings of God. So they were previously in Egypt. They got back to the land where God had called them. And probably in Sarai's mind, this is the time that the Lord will bless us. We didn't, we didn't already go to Egypt. We are now in the pathway of His blessing. But there was an impatience, in, I believe, an impatience in the character of Sarai that wanted to see that promise come to pass. And this is where her human effort came in. It says in verse 2, And Sarai said to Abram, Behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. He was even telling herself that this is caused by the Lord. Go into my servant. It may be that it, I shall obtain children by her. Now, this is again a very problematic verse because as the promise of God was given to Abram, the wife of Abram at that time was Sarai. And they know that the promise of God will be fulfilled through her. But because of years of waiting... Sarai decided upon herself to help out God, human effort. If this too impossible promise to, be, to behold, Sarai was probably thinking, I have to do something about it. You see, mind you, before we go through the mistakes of Abram, of Sarai and, and, and Hagar, these are ordinary people like you and I. We all make mistakes. But it is in our faith journey that God teaches us along the way. And in Sarah's case, what she suggested to Abram was a culturally accepted and universally approved way of having children. She was thinking upon herself that this might be the fulfillment of God's promise. So I'm going to give my, my, uh, my servant Hagar to Abraham. To Abram. So... Not all the things that are culturally accepted or at least universally approved is pleasing to the eyes of the Lord Jesus or pleasing to the eyes of God. I don't know what you are in right now, what situation you are in, but if there is something in our hearts that, 
wants us to compromise. It is a warning that we should think twice. It is, is something that we should maybe step back and ask what the Word of God is saying to us. And in Sarah's case, it seemed to work in her mind. So she went to plan B. Continuing on in verse 2, it says, And Abraham and Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. I believe because Abram was the head of the family, there was a battle brewing inside of him. A battle of flesh and a battle of faith. Remember, the, the, the promise was given to Abram. This is reminiscent of what happened in the Garden of Eden. When the commandment of God was given to Adam, the Lord God said, do not eat of the fruit of the tree. He, he was supposed to, to explain that to his wife, Eden. But this is also a, a, a parallel case because Abram was supposed to explain to Sarai, we should be trusting God. We should be, we, we should be waiting for her, his perfect timing. But here, there was no debate. It says there, Abram, listen to Sarai, to the voice of Sarai. Why would you not listen? It is logical. It's faster. It's easier. I believe that in the battle of the flesh and in the battle of faith, the battle of the flesh in this, at least in this moment of time, gave, uh, won. The battle of flesh, it makes sense. Because the battle of the flesh, after all, his wife approved of it. So Abraham, listen. Just a quick side note on this. If there are moments in time that we are reminded of the promises of God, it is a good time for us to pause and ask Him, just much like what we did last week when we had prayer and fasting. I know a lot of us are praying to God and believing God for great things. That's a time for us to pause and ask and inquire of Him. Here, we didn't see Abram did that. I hope we don't make that same mistake. I hope that we always inquire of the Lord. As we listen to Him, He will make our path straight. So Abram disregarded the plan of God. Here are three mistakes. Sarai deviated from the promise of God. Abram disregarded the plan of God, the plan of God to bless him, to make him a great nation. Okay? At least he, he, he had a different interpretation in this moment in time. But you see, the mistakes of Sarai and Abram had the result. And the result of that was Hagar. It says in the next verses, in verse 3, So after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant. Take note of that. It says servant. And gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. She was a servant, Hagar, but she got elevated into a, a, in a status to become Abram's wife. That wasn't God's will for them at all. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me on you, be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. You see, there are the mistakes that we're going to do does not only affect us, it affects others as well. I hope that we consider that every time we deviate, every time we disregard the promises and the word of God. And in verse 6, it says, But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your service, servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai 
another injustice that happened, dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. Hagar's mistake in this moment in time was Hagar diverged from the purpose of God. Remember, she was a servant. In, this, in, in, Israel, in Israelite culture, you do not leave your masters. Whatever happens, you do not leave your masters. That is the purpose of Hagar. That's the purpose of God in her life. If she would remain within, in the household of Sarai and Abram, they are the covenant family. But because of the harsh treatment towards her, because of the sin that was committed by Abram and Sarai, she had no choice but to flee. All right? But she diverged from the will of God. She diverged from the purpose of God. And here's how our story takes a different twist. Because in verse 7, it says, The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. I love the Bible when it mentions um, uh, a place. It says Shur there. It, that's because it was showing us where Hagar was going, she was going back to the trajectory of Egypt. She was going back to her roots. But that's not where she was supposed to be. I love how the, this verse describes the angel of the Lord found her. You see, in the moment Hagar, in her very precarious situation, she was pregnant during this time. She was mal maltreated. Probably her heart was full of pride because she, she was probably fighting with Sarah. The Bible describes that she looked at her with contempt. Why? Because she probably thought, yes, I was a servant before, but now I'm a wife. I gave Abram an offspring. I'm pregnant, by the way. And in those times where she was struggling, in those times that she was in the desert, in those times that she was questioning her purpose, she was questioning her very existence, the Word of God says the angel found her. I don't know where you're hiding. I don't know who you're running away from. But I want you to know that this God, this awesome God, is in the business of finding you. And wherever you are, if you're watching or listening, I want you to know His eyes is upon you. Let that be an encouragement to us. And what does the angel do? In verse 8, he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, Listen to, the, to how the angel addresses, addresses Hagar. He didn't, she, he didn't address him as Hagar, wife of Abram. He was reminding Hagar who you truly are. You're the servant of Sarai. Where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from my mistress Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. As our story has a twist, the angel of the Lord encourages Hagar, go back to your masters. Yes, you, 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 you diverge from your purpose, but I could bring you back to where I could bless you. Remember, this is the covenant family, Abram and Sarai. And as you go back to there, Hagar, I want you to know that I'm going to make a promise in your life. And then in verses 11, it says, And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. The Lord does not only see us, He hears us. I don't know what you're crying out to God for right now, but I want you to know that it is not, He, he is not afraid to move in your situation. Do you know prior to this story, there was no recorded 
time in the Bible that an angel showed up to someone, let alone to a servant, to Hagar, who's not part of the covenant blessing of God. An angel showed himself up to Hagar. This is a God, this awesome God goes to great lengths to show how much He has loved us or how much He has compassion on us. It's not about what we did in the past. It's not about our mistakes. It's not about who we are. It's about all about who He is and how great and how awesome and how good He is. This God reaches out and, and, and shows us His love over and over and over again. He has listened to your affliction. And the greatest declaration, perhaps, of the whole narrative is found in verse 13. This is Hagar. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of seeing. For she said, Truly, here I have seen him who looks after me. Elroy, is, that's translated to the God who sees. And he sees you right now. This is a God who is the beginning and the end. The Alpha and Omega. Before ever uh, a day in, in your life came to be, He already knew the ending of your life. He knew you from the womb. He knew, he knew you while you were growing up. He knows the pain. He knows the shame. He knows the guilt that you carry right now. But He doesn't stop there. Because He moves. He hears you. And He does something in your life to invite you back to a covenant relationship with Him. Therefore, the well, in verse 14 it says, the well was called Bir Lahai Roy. It lies between Kadesh and Bered. You probably are here and you're thinking, Pastor Alden, I've made mistakes in my life. I was, it was, I was in the same situation as Sarai. I would probably do the same thing. Or you're probably, I probably would have deviated from the promise of God. I would probably be like Abraham. I would probably would, would disregard the, the promise of God in my life. I would probably be like Hagar and I would run away from all the injustice and I would ignore, I would diverge from the, from the purpose of God in my life. I don't know where you are in your situation right now. Here's what I want you to know. This God, this awesome God wants to reveal Himself to you. This awesome God is, is not intimidated, intimidated by your situation. Whatever your past mistakes, His will is still higher. His love is still greater. He extends His arm towards you and saying, My son, my daughter, come home. And He has a promise for you. He has a destiny for your life. And He longs to fulfill that in your lifetime. This is a God that who loves us tremendously. There's no amount of mistakes. There's no amount of, of uh, running away. There's no amount of you ignoring Him that would be enough for Him to say, forget it. But He always, always finds us just like the angel found Hagar. This is a God who is not afraid of doing the impossible for you. Even though we have not seen it in our lifetime, this God no eye has seen, no ear has heard what He has in store for you. It may have been Abraham being called from the Ur of Chaldeans. It might be Moses for the first time in history, the Red Sea parted. It could have been Moses 
leading 3 million people out of Egypt. Unheard of of history. I don't know what your impossible situation is, but God longs to show Himself up to you because He sees you. His encouragement to you and I was to do the unthinkable, the impossible. He sent His one and only Son to die for you and I. That's unheard of in all of eternity. But for Him to show compassion and His love for us, He did it anyways. Because He knew, He knew that we are going to divert, that we are going to deviate, that we are going to disregard, that we are going to ignore, that we are going to forget. He knows that we can't come to Him on our own effort. That's why He needed to make a way. I don't know if you're planning to do plan B right now, if, if, if you're trying to exert human effort for you to see the promises of God. But here's what I want to remind you. You do not need plan B if your plan A is to trust God for who He is. Trusting and obeying God allows us to be in a place where we can experience His compassion. I hope that the mistakes of Sarai, Abram, and Hagar shows us a lesson that as we seek and honor God in our lives, that we're not going to go through what they went through, but we would have a deeper relationship with Him. You see, the ending of this story, Sarah and Abram, became eventually Abraham and Sarah. It's a sign of the covenant relationship that God fulfilled in their lives. After 10 years, nothing happened. After 13 years, after chapter 16, Isaac came to be. But there was no deviation. There was no disregarding. There was no divergence from the plan of God. When they returned to God, and I believe that they trusted Him through this ordeal, they saw the promise come to pass. And in Hagar's case, as she went back to the purpose of God in her life, we see that the Lord fulfilled her promise to her. Not only did it end with Ishmael, but also to the generations after that. Sarah and Abraham, we will review, we would be studying, we would be meditating on also next week as we continue our series. Let me pray for you. I say this again, trusting and obeying God allows us to be in a place where we can experience His compassion. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord God, that we could trust you fully. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God of compassion. You are a God who sees wherever we are, Lord, in the dark corners of our lives, in the dark places, Lord God, where we feel like no one could see us. You see us and you know us. And I know, Lord God, you have a mighty destiny for our lives and you long to fulfill your promise in our lives. And we thank you that you sent your one and only son, Jesus Christ, so that we may have a relationship with you that as we walk in this journey of faith, we pray, Father, that no amount of, of, of disappointments, no amount of waiting, no amount, Lord, of mistakes will ever separate us from your love. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we could he be here together and listen to your word. I pray that your word would permeate in the deepest uh, in the deepest places of our hearts so that it may produce a harvest. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
and amen. God bless you.